Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hey, it's Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and it's Tuesday, July eighteenth, twenty twenty-three. And welcome, everyone. Welcome, milk. Welcome. It's a hot, sweaty day, I guess you can say that. But nonetheless, we are here, alive and well. Welcome to another show. So, anyways, let's talk about the summer league in its whole entirely. There was a summer league. Game last night that you got the Houston Rockets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before you go and watch your NBA Today nonsense, bull crap, all that stuff, which is not a real show on ESPN. It's just it's just that time slot they 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 block off for them for these fools to go on and 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 talk about the whatever they want to talk about. It's not even going to talk. They're not even talking about the summer league. And they're going to talk about the summer league, but they're not even going to mention some of the guys that that uh, that perform that outperform the stars that we're supposed to see. You can come to this podcast, and I'm going to give you the real deal. Nonetheless, the game last night, the Rockets and Cavaliers, it was a pretty good one, even though the Cavaliers won by 21 points, 99 to 78. You saw a lot of potential. You can see a lot of like intangibles of what the Rockets and the Cavaliers can do. So I want to start with the Rockets side. Remember, remember back in June, on June the 6th, I told y'all my 10 coaches that I gave y'all. I just listened to the podcast. I posted it last night. So if y'all want to go listen back to it, I gave my coat, my descriptions of every coach of what they should be doing for, for pretty much throughout the rest of their coaching careers. Ime Udunka's growth is going to be growth. Um, I would never known that they'll get, go after Fred Van Viet and Dylan Brooks. More Fred Van Viet than Dylan Brooks. I, you know, Fred, Fred, like I said during our free agency talk, is Fred Van Viet took, took a risk. He took a risk of Taking more money on a bad team versus getting getting the same amount, probably more years, on another team. Then you ask Fred, how do you go from winning the championship four years ago to now to a team that's on that could be on the rise in the next year or two? We don't know. Maybe maybe the 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 city looked nice, or maybe the coach. Looked a little bit better than in Toronto. Toronto, you know, Houston knows where they're going now. They got a squad. You know, they hit hard in free agency. They got the coach in Eme, which, by the way, Boston could have gave him another chance. This is public pressure. Public pressure allows you guys to, to lose your jobs. And unfortunately, public pressure caught up to Eme. I mean, granted, he could have stayed in he could have, Boston could have kept him, but Houston more than likely needed him more than, than Boston did. But anyways, none, nonetheless, um, this is going to be a growth season for the Houston Rockets. I don't 
see them making the playoffs. And here's why. You got guys that are going to jack, you got guys that are going to jack up jump shots every game. Now, Ime comes in and slows it down and says, hey, you need to play basketball this way. You need to play basketball that way, which I think that's going to work. I'll be surprised if they make the playoffs this se- this uh, upcoming season. I'll be very surprised. I mean, y- you're willing to go out there and get Dylan Brooks. You're willing to go out there and get Fan Red V, Jock Landell. Then now you add Cam Whitmore and then potentially Nate Hilton. Which he's going to come off the bench and provide you something, young player. These guys have a chip on their shoulders. That's why Fred Van Viet took a risk. That's why Dylan Brooks said, "You know what? You don't want me in Memphis? I'll go to Houston and get my eighty mil, and I'll show you who's the best defender in the league." He can't shoot, but he he is one of the best, not better than Draymond, but. You gotta add, this summer league is always great for the play, for the Rockets. The Rockets came in here, they did their thing. It's just, just happens. Cleveland wanted it more, and um, Cleveland deserved it. And now, Cleveland, um, if I found the word for JB Bickerstaff, cause the man won 51 games in the regular season. He can coach. Donovan Mitchell, Clarence LeVert, Evan, Evan Mobley, e- e- even, um, who am I missing? I think I'm missing some players. Um, oh, there is Garland. All those guys, 51 games in the regular season they won. And now they won their Cleveland Cavaliers championship in the summer league. And now, you got guys like Imani Bates. You got guys like Isaiah Mobley. You got guys like Sam Morrell that are going to produce on the actual team. That gives the Cavaliers weapons, not on the outside, possibly on the inside as well. What? Because Cleveland... They hurt themselves inside the paint in the, in that postseason against the new New York Knicks. And they couldn't recover. So you win 51 games and you hit, you go to New York and you go against a, a team like New York. You're going, you, you, you gotta face the inside the game. The New York is more than a, the, the more is there, they can mix it up. But the Cleveland wasn't ready for that. And I do think that when you, when you add players like Mobley and then Imani Bates, Imani Bates is interesting. Even though he's, he, he's small statue, he's not going to gain another muscle pound, but the dude has heart. And what he went through in college is unpredictable, but at the same time, players like that can recover and they're always going to have a chip on their shoulder. Now, do I think he makes an actual roster? Probably, probably not. I'm going to say probably not. They have too many, yeah, they have too many swing guys. They have a lot of them. And I just don't, not right now. He can't fit on the roster right now. But maybe in the later years, 
he can. But then again, like I said, he's always going to have a chip on his shoulder to prove people wrong about him. It's going to take time, but he's going to he's going to shine before our eyes, like he did in in the um, in the game last night. Now you got Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, another inside presence playing behind his younger brother, um, Evan Mobley, and it gives you a tandem. A tandem. Well, if Jared Allen, I don't think Jared, Jared Allen's a free agent still. Uh, I think he, I don't know. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. I Maybe I'll check during the break. But it gives him another size up front to work with. But if I could find a word for J.B. Bickerstaff, progress. I'll find progress because they, they hit it hard, not only in, in the draft, but and they didn't even have to hit it hard in free agency. They hit it hard in the summer league. They found the right guys to match up with their team. You see, one one thing about the summer league is that you're not going to play. You're playing with guys that you don't know their game. You you come into this, you you, you know, teams, organizations are going to stack, are going to find players that fit within their system. And and so it's tough. That you're going to find, it's tough that <laughs> these teams are trying to find, are trying to find an identity in the summer league. Remember, you're there for 10, for 10, 11 days in Las Vegas. And you're going to know the player, you're not going to know them overnight. You're probably going to get to know them like maybe a day or two in and all that stuff. And that's good. But at the same time, at the same time, you gotta, everybody's gotta sacrifice for, for the ultimate goal, which is winning a championship. Or in that matter, getting a roster spot in the NBA. And so, when you have opportunities like that, you, you just, to play with another guy that you never heard of, you just gotta try to make it work. And that's what Cleveland, Houston, and all these other teams, did now Cleveland won the championship, but but <laughs> but I was watching the Warriors summer league and the Warriors couldn't get it together, so they won nothing in the summer league. But you know the summer league is about finding a roster spot, and it gives these draftees more opportunities to show the coaches their skill set, which I'm going to talk about in a second with the Lakers. So, um, the excitement is there in Cleveland and in Houston. Does it translate to championships? We don't know. Cleveland has not won a championship since 2016. This is definitely not their year. Now, did they get to pass the second round? That remains to be seen. Houston, like I said, this team will barely make the playoffs. Ime is not dealing with a veteran group. He's mixing vets with younger players. He's saying to the vet, he, well, he doesn't even have to say this to the vets. Fred V, Dylan Brooks are saying, hey, guys, you're not going to shoot jump shots all day long and not have some rhythm and flow to it 
<clears throat> play lackluster defense. We're gonna we're gonna bring it together and make work of this. And you gotta remember this. Dylan Brooks has a chip on his shoulder too. What happened in Memphis stays in Memphis. Now you go to Houston and everybody around the world who is who are Dylan Brooks fans or who is the fan of the player. Now Dylan Brooks, you have that chip on the shoulder. Not for your teammates, they want to see what you're all about. They want to see if you're gonna live, live, lose, you're gonna live, you're gonna leave all that nonsense you you did in Memphis and bring it to Houston and come to Houston with your fresh with your fresh mind and a fresh set of mindset. So that's what I want for uh, Dylan Brooks. But that's enough of this championship game, guys. The summer league is over. Um, oh, I can't say that because I got I got like three more of these. So let me let me get through these three more, and then I'll give you my overall perspective of the summer league. All right, so let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. Remember what I said back in June the sixth again. Detroit Pistons, Monty Williams engagement. You got to engage. Players got to be able to work together, willing to be around each other, getting to know each other, you know, all that stuff, laugh, uh, get mad at each other when, when they don't, when things don't go right on the court. Engagement. And Monty Williams is the right guy to do that. So, with that being said, uh, Marcus Sasser was the 25th pick in the draft. And he averaged 15 points a game, shooting 44% from the field. Needs to work on his three-point range, 27%. But that's okay because he was able to get to the basket at ease, draw his fouls, and uh, lead a team to, vi- to to the victory as I saw against Indiana. So this is going to be a process for the Detroit Pistons. It's going to be really interesting once Monty Williams brings the team together once they get healthy, you remember you already resigned Isaiah Stewart four years. I think it's forty fifty four million he got. Uh, Jalen Thurden, he's going to try to make it work over there in Detroit. And again, <laughs> Jaden Idy, again, sorry, no, not him. Again, guys got to be able to work together. They have to work at it. If you're going to be beast of the East your first year, maybe your second year, then <laughs> by all means, <laughs> you got to be, someone's got to be able to sacrifice and bring the team together. Which is why, um, which is why they took a risk of not taking any vets on the team. Which they already, have. they have some, but they're younger, they're young vets. They're like as young as 24 or Oh, well, actually, 23, 24 years old. And they've been in the NBA a little bit longer than these other guys have. So, with that being said, I do see Detroit in the playoffs this upcoming season. They're going to have some hiccups here and there and all that stuff, but when it comes down to bringing the team together and you have Monty Williams as a head coach, that's saying something. So, I like the fact that he comes in with, 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 with that mindset. 
It's not even a chip. He, we already know what Monty can bring to the table. It's just a fresh mindset, a new team. You coach it the way you 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 used to coach it at Phoenix, and Phoenix will, will, will regret this. They will regret this. Number two, Utah Jazz is Utah Jazz. If I had found the word for the Jazz and Will Hardy and their staff, what word would I find it? Because they started out well last year. You know, remember they were like 10 and 3 to start. And then, you know, as the season rolled on, the, uh, the inconsistencies and injuries came, came about with it and they, they found themselves out in the postseason. Oh man, the word I will find for, um, for Utah as a whole is, oh man, I will find, <laughs> I'll find discipline. You gotta be disciplined. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, you're 30 years old now. You shouldn't be fighting any, any anybody. Uh, who else? Uh, Lori Markinen, you, you are a star now. Um, Taylor Hendricks is gonna be a work in progress. Keontae George, only, I think he's 19. But he's shining in the summer league. 21 points a game. Shooting 52% from the field, 44% from three. I'm trying to find where he fits in the rotation. I'm just trying to find where, where he fits because I think Jordan Cross is going to start at the one or maybe a Colin Sexton. If he, you know, he's been hurt a lot. And so you would think that this will be the year of the bounce back for Colin Sexton. Um, let's see. Who else would I, what I want to go after? John Collins. Now you're on, on on a team that you you don't have to do much. You don't have to worry about a guy shooting from thirty feet out and to, and actually trying to make it, but he's not going to make it like that. You got a balanced squad. You got a balanced squad. You got you got guys that can fill the lanes. Guys can can fill it up for three. Can uh, drive to the basket. Can play a little bit of defense. But John Collins will do his job, and I see him in the start, in the starting lineup. Um, the reason why I say rotation for Keon that Joe is because he, he, I can't find where to put him. Maybe the Jazz have that in mind, but I don't know. I don't know where you put this man. They just have a lot of guards, a lot of a lot of good guards, good guard play that was hurt. In the regular season, but Keonta George puts numbers like this. Even Ochai, Ochai put up some numbers too. But again, the rotation hurts. Like you sat, like you. Of course, great. You got drafted. You put up all these numbers, and now when you get to the regular season, they're trying to figure. Well, even the, not even the regular season. When you get to training camp, now we're trying to figure out where to put you. So I think, to me, he works well in the, in, on the second group. You know, when the second group comes in, the line changes, and he'll come in, and he, we already know the guy can fill it up. He can definitely fill it up. I've seen it firsthand. 
if y'all have not watched the summer league, you're lost. Like <laughs> you rather you rather watch poor TV than the summer league. The summer league had a had over seventy games, opportunities from online to TV. And y'all did not watch Keontae George put up 33 points in a game. I can't remember that game, but I remember watching it. And you don't want guy, you don't want to see guys get a, a, a chance on an NBA roster. That's on you. But I enjoyed it. Now, my question is, I have two questions. I'm going to answer them. Are we killing the rebuild? Because, when I, when, when I say, are we killing the rebuild? You just reloaded in the draft. We're done building. We're done rebuilding Utah. And Utah, honestly, they used to be my second favorite team. Besides the Spurs. But I still, I still like them. But I don't like rebuilding. I don't, I hate it. It takes a long time. And I'm not a fan of sitting there or, and watching guys just go through the motions. Like I'm going to talk about with the WNBA All-Star Game and on the next segment. We're not going through the motions anymore, Jazz. You already got what you wanted. You got a guard. You got a power forward. You got John Collins. You, you resigned Jordan Clarkson. Now you have a team. Ochai. Now you have it together. Stop rebuilding. <laughs> rebuilding through this nonsense. And actually, you know what? The Jazz won that trade with, with, the, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because we didn't know what Walker Kessler was going to be. We didn't know that at all. Maybe we'll, we'll know more of him when he goes, when he plays for the USA team. We'll know more. We'll definitely know more. But, we're killing the rebuild, Jazz. There's no, there's, there doesn't need to be a, a conversation of rebuilding this franchise that, honestly, Carmelo and John Stockton built. Yes. The basketball guys, Carmelo and John Stockton built this franchise. I don't care about their political nonsense. I don't even care about John, John Stockton's political nonsense off the court. I really don't care. I honestly don't. But basketball, yes, he rebuilt that franchise. Now, my second question is, did Luka Samarinich, you remember Luka Samarinich? He was the Spurs draft pick back in, I think it was back in 2019. I can't remember, but it was like, it was a long time ago. Did he finally get this right? Did he find, find some type of team? That fits his style. Because remember, he was, he was in the Spurs G League. He bounced around. He goes to the Utah Summer League. And now, I don't know. He gotta be like a final cut guy. I don't know. I really don't know. So, did Luca find it? Well, it remains to be seen. I'm not saying give up basketball. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, did you find it? Did we find, did you find something that worked for you? Luca, 
Samanich. Not Luka Doncic. Luka Samanich. I hope he did, honestly. I want to see where he goes from here as far as career goes. And then if it's not, if, and then if it's not the NBA Summer League or you're not on an NBA roster, then, then the coaches saw somebody else. But don't stop working. Alright, so my last final Summer League point. Let's talk about these Lakers here. And I know Gabe is not here. He'll be excited about his Lakers Summer League team. And, you know, even though they, they didn't do much in the Summer League, but he, he, but he, I'm pretty sure he's jumping up and down excited about his Lakers this upcoming season. I hope he's not saying championship. I hope he's not saying that. But let's talk about these guys. Demari Hodge averaged 15 points a game. Shoots the heck out of the ball. I, you know, honestly, I thought, <laughs> I didn't know this guy. He came out of Missouri. I don't know him personally. I don't know him personally. I don't know his game. But I, I saw all those three-point shots he was trying to attempt. And I'm like, who is this kid? And he was making them. Like, who, who, who is this person? I'm like, if it wasn't for free agency, he'll have a roster spot like Sam Mitchell was talking about in the uh, Atlanta and Dallas po- uh, broadcasts. He was saying roster spots will be key for these guys. It's just not a, a lot of spots, but he solidified his spot <laughs> on an NBA roster. It's just the NBA roster has 15 spots, and, you know, honestly, you got to give it to the 15 best guys. Actually, the last five best guys. And so, Edge Figueroa, Sorry for the mispronunciation. He averaged 19 points a game. He missed two free throws down the stretch against the Clippers, but that's okay. Uh, Cole Swiner averaged 15 points a game, shooting 43% for the three-point range, shooting 46%. Colin Castleton, 13 points, 50, 51% for the field, and 10 rebounds. Now, Colin Castleton, Castleton is the Florida kid. Uh, Cole Swiner, I don't know who who this person is. Uh, LJ Figueroa, he's Oregon. So, it's interesting that these guys fought hard in the summer league for the Lakers, and now the Lakers solidified spots are solidified. So there's no point of getting a guy off to get another guy in. But then again, there, there could be one spot open, maybe, I don't know. They could release a guy and try to ship him off to another team or or just release him entirely and bring this other guy in. But then again, they solidify a G League spots. And so I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at, you know, guys going after in the G League and all that stuff. But there's only if you had to choose two out of the name guys I named, I would probably honestly choose Demar Hodge and Colin Castleton. They don't, there's not enough bigs on the Lakers side. Now, when it comes to Anthony Davis, then nine times out of ten, he's going to get hurt. Let's be honest with ourselves. He hasn't had a healthy season since, since his rookie season. He's going to get hurt. And I see Colin Castleton being 
the guy, well, not even the guy, being on the bench in the majority of the games. So if Andrew Davis is going to miss 50 games a year, you got guys in, in the summer, in the G League that are fighting for a chance and even guys in free agency. Eventually, at some point, you look at these younger guys, you look, the younger guys core, you look at their body of work and what they're producing. Eventually, you gotta, you gotta kick, kick him to the curb. Eventually. Cause the man's not willing to work. You see Anthony Davis miss 50 to 60 games a year. He's not working something, he, something's not working in the offseason. Change it up. Change it up. If if you're getting hurt, you gotta change that 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 you gotta change it up. Period. So that you don't suffer injuries again. LeBron, when he was suffering, when when LeBron was suffering injuries, he changed up his whole work, workout entirety. And now we're banking on a 38 year old to lead us. Don't you think at some point he needs help? They, of course, they re-upped all those guys they resigned and signed and got on their team for additional help. But at the same time, LeBron's still going to go out there and work. And he needs his buddy in crime to work with him. And that's Anthony Davis. Go work out with LeBron. Y'all live in the same area. Like, I, I, I never hear of LeBron, well, we don't have to hear of LeBron taking a vacation, but why not Anthony Davis go work with him? Why not that? It's not up to the coach to force you to go work with the greatest player of all time. <laughs> it's not that hard. Most guys like myself are working in the heat all day long. You know, you know, people complain, that we're, we're, that it's hot in Texas. Yes, it's hot. Of course. When it's cold, y'all will be blaming the cold too. Y'all will be blaming the weather too. Y'all will find every freaking excuse to stay inside. It's cold. Okay, I'm going to stay inside. And be in front of the heater. It's hot. Okay, it's cold. Now I'm going to go inside and, and, and be in front of the cold air. But you're not willing to work out there. I'm not, well, let me, let me say, let me say this. People are willing to work out there. Don't shame us for not working, for, for not putting in the work. I work in the heat and inside all the time. All the time. I'm working out to three fucking AM. Well, freaking AM. For a chance. What is, is this podcast and basketball. And I put in time to do those things, even though the, the job itself for eight hours kills that time. It interrupts, just kills that time. And I'm not going to make excuses of that. I just got to ignore it and make time for it. And I do. And I do a great, I do a decent job of making that time. But it's not that hard. If you put me in Anthony Davis' body, right? If I said, okay, if I hurt my groin, if I hurt my legs, if I hurt my back, if I hurt my arms and my shoulders, I would change it up. I would change it up. My eating habits, um, my drink more water, protein stuff, 
there's a lot of things out there you can do to your body that Anthony Davis is not, is not willing to take advantage of. And now you got these guys that are money hungry and they're roster hungry. They want to show what they have and they sacrifice their summers to play in the summer league for five games, five or ten days they're there. And they put up these type of numbers and now we got to bang on one guy to work. And he only starts his work in October, not, not now. Most of these guys are working on their game right now. Andy Davis is not, I'm, I guarantee you he's not doing that right now. Cause he'll find a way to be, to, to take a game off. He'll find a way. And these guys here will not be called up. Will not be called up. He's, they'll stay, they'll stay in the G League till their, till, till their number's called. So that's why I said. They sacrifice summer, summers working out with their friends or, or, or family members to play in the summer league for five games and you put up these numbers. Wow. But some of those guys will get two way contracts. Some of them guys will. Now, if you don't know what a two way contract is, is you go to it, you sign it, you play for that team. You may, you might play for a small amount of minutes or a small amount of games and then you go back to the G League, you play games there, then you go, it's like a reverse, 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 all that stuff. So, it's better than, <laughs> it's better than nothing. I, I'll, I'll take a two-way contract either day, any day of the week. At least I'm playing basketball, right? So, I want to talk about Scotty Pippen Jr. before I get to my soccer stuff real quick. You know, I saw Scotty Pippen Jr. In, in street clothes against the Clippers the other day. And I said to myself, I said this career, his career is over. He might be what? I think he's 22 years old. His career is over. I, 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 I want to be wrong. But his career is over. I didn't see him play in the summer league. Uh, maybe I didn't want again. I didn't watch a lot of Lakers games in the summer league. But maybe maybe he didn't play. I, I the man's not hurt, not that I know of. He he just doesn't care. The only Pippin that I hear right now is Larsa Pippin, who is dating Mar- Michael Jordan's son Marcus, like. Do I approve of it? It's not my, it's none of my business, but I can understand Michael Jordan, uh, what he's talking about. And so, Pimpin's just gonna be a name. It's just gonna be a name. It's, 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 anytime people talk about a Pippin, they're always gonna bring up his mother. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know why. Larsa Pippen is traumatized of Michael Jordan saying what and not approving of them. I just don't know why. Like, what, what, there's a lot of things that people don't approve of. You gotta understand that. Like, don't be trauma. Michael Jordan's not gonna be happy whether you guys break up or date or not. Like, that doesn't, you don't have to get, approval to go date somebody if you love them you love them that's I'm not a relationship expert I just 
learn from learn from watching videos and watching different situations un- unfold. But anyways, Scotty Pippen's just gonna be a name. Like whatever he does, he does. But I saw him shine. He played pretty well in the summer league. He did. But at the same time, he's just gonna be a name. They're gonna bring up more of his mother than Scotty Pippen the player. And I'm not talking about the elder Scotty Pippen. I'm talking about the younger one. So it is what it is. Guys are not ready to play. They're not focused. They're in street clothes the majority of the time. Like, act like they did. They they're they're most important, but really they're not. So that's my overall summary. I, I just want to pinpoint those teams because those team those teams. I did talk about them. But I want to go more in depth about their summer league chances and chances of them making the roster. Uh, the whole summer league experience was fabulous. Uh, Las Vegas, I did not go to Las Vegas to see the summer league in person, but I watched a majority of it and I loved it. And heck, even the coaches that are fight, that are tr- making a name for themselves, they're trying to, you know, coaches that are making a name for themselves did an awesome job as well. Players go in there to fight and they fight for roster spots. Now, they, now, for future references, the Sun League is going to be more relevant, relevant than, than the WNBA. Not trying, like I said yesterday, I don't want to throw salt on the WNBA, but the ESPN chose the Summer League. Guys are trying to fight fight the fight for a roster spot. You had a Wimby in there. You had Brandon Miller, which he, he which he's leaning towards being overrated. You had Scoot Henderson. You had basically the best draft prospects playing in this summer league. Um, then you had you had coaches that, like I said, you had coaches. Trying to uh, make a name for themselves, you have referees trying to make for uh, trying to get to get, try to get the upper tier as far as officiating games. Um, so, and then yeah, it's going to be tough because yeah. So I like I like the whole overall summer league vibe. I just wish that. The WNBA lost their chances of being of being that one. They lost it, and I'll explain why. Well, actually, let me explain why in a second. Well, let me explain. Let me explain now. They lost it because was was a whole entire summer, the whole entire league, right? This past weekend, the WNBA was in Las Vegas. Whole all-star thing, right? Why is it that ESP, they, they put it midday in the afternoon, smack back in the afternoon. Nobody watches these, nobody watches TV, a sporting event at three o'clock in the afternoon, local time. Or if it's one o'clock over there. Nobody does that unless it's, if it's a kid's day. Nobody does that at all. Well, Unless, well, like I said, if it's a kid's day or they're going on a field trip to the game, no one does that. Now, in the world of working from home, 
Possibly. But at 3 o'clock, you're showing a, a three-point contest, a skills challenge. What the hell is that? This is why I blame the WNBA. I'm not blaming. I'm I'm blaming ESPN as well. Y'all could schedule this thing at night. What happened to being at night? You get more viewership at night versus during the day. People are at work. And you're asking us to watch y'all. People watch the Summer League over the WNBA. That is wrong. The WNBA missed the mark on this. They missed the opportunity of, of, they say grow their brand. This is their brand. They missed it. <laughs> this is a great opportunity to see players that we don't never see before. Players want to know you. Uh, we want to know you. I already know the players. I watch basketball. I watch them in college. People that, that throw garbage at the NBA, at the WNBA, they're going to continue to do that. This is what's y'all's opportunity to say, you know what? We value the WNBA over the summer league. ESPN and the WMA did not show it this, this past weekend. And it's tough to watch. They value the Summer League. Listen, Victor did not play more than two games. Victor, when, last week, they cut his time short. We reported that last week. So there was no Wimby. Now you got guys fighting for a roster spot. No disrespect to those guys. I got, they missed it. You're telling me you're going to watch guys that are trying to fight for a roster spot versus the WNBA players that have already made it? They already made it. And now we got to pay something to watch them on the internet. We're watching them on Prime. We're watching them on, on the, on the league pass. This is ESPN. No NFL stuff. No NBA stuff. This was y'all time to shine. And now you want to move that at, during the day to versus at night? Now you want to keep the summer games at night versus WNBA? Y'all are weird. Y'all are weird. It doesn't work like that. You could have, you could have, nobody watches, people watch the summer league, right? You could have put the summer league game in front of the uh, in the afternoon, then leave the WNBA at night. Since this is a two hour difference, I hope the WNBA realize that next next year, because it will not go well next year. If, if that happens again, nobody will watch. <laughs> but I'll explain more in a second. But let's get some. Uh, but the summer league overall was a great success. Um, we'll have more of that in future references. Now, let's talk about soccer, guys. Uh, the World Cup is coming in two days. Starts July 20th through August the 20th. So we'll try to watch every game, every match, as we see. A bunch of countries in it. And the USA, we're in it as well. We expect a three-peat, right? We expect a three-peat. So we got to win this. It's going to be tough. Our group, it, or I like our chances in our group. We got Vietnam, we got the Netherlands, and we got Portugal. I love our chances. But 
I want to, I'm not, like I said, I'm, let's not throw garbage at women. Let's not do that at all. Let's not throw garbage at women, guys. Because Megan Rapino is the ultimate hero. We need more of Megan Rapinoe's in our lives. And now let's play the first clip that she's talking about her excitement in the, in the World Club. Let's play that first clip, please. Angela. The first clip. Clip. The first clip. First clip. say thank you to Flacco for allowing me to do this in this way and provide this um, kind of space. Um, You've been very special to me in my whole career. Well, at least since I've known you. I guess the back half of my career has been pretty I mean, I can't believe we're back at the World Cup again. It's kind of crazy. This is the best moment like of all of our career. Alex said it's like it never gets old. Um, There's always something incredibly special about being able to compete at the very highest level against the very highest level and and try to go out there and do your thing. I think this is going to be, just as every World Cup is, you know, the best World Cup by far. You're going to see the best product on the field, and that's because players are going to be able um, to be put in a position to actually do that and just focus on the game and go out there and provide the entertainment everybody wants. Sky Sports News. All right, guys. So... So Megan Rapino talked about the World Cup. It was fabulous. Fabulous of what she said. Uh, she played in a, no, I'm not going to talk about that right now. So, but this is her last World Cup. And people have thrown garbage, salt, whatever they may be, be at her for her views. And like I said, we need more of it in her lives. Just imagine, you know, Sue Bird retired last year, and now we got Megan Rapinoe retired last year. Uh, well, actually this year. So, look at that. Two for the price of one, right? And they are together, by the way, so just want to add that in. But anyways, so she said she was talking about being a distraction to women's soccer, and I'm like, well... No, I wouldn't say, I would say yes and no because I would say yes because we need to hear your voice. Well, no, actually. I'll say no because we need to hear your voice. I'll say yes because the players are going out there and trying to fight to, fight to get to, to make a name for themselves. You got Trinity Rodman, Dennis Rodman's daughter on the team, which I told someone this morning, hey, Trinity Rom is the next best, next best deal. So when Alex Morgan, which I hope she does not hang it up, or or some or whoever, is, is you're looking for leadership, that's Trinity Rodman. Now her dad is crazy, but he got the job done on the basketball court. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. But I did say he, I did tell someone he's, personality wise, more of a leadership role, Trinity Robin is going to be better than that than Dennis Robin is. As far as being on the court or the field goes. So, 
With that being said, I do see Trinidad making an impact in this in this World Cup. Even Alex Morgan as well. We are front line and solid versus our back line, which Megan Rapino is the leader of that group. We're solid over there as well. The only weakness we, we have is we're going to beat ourselves. And I don't want us to beat ourselves. But this is Megan Rapino's last ride. She's played over 199 games, scored 63 goals. She's a three-time Olympian, two-time World Cup champion. In 2019, Went FIFA Women's Player of the Year. She fought for equal rights. She, she, well, actually, she fought for equal play, pay. You know, the women's pay wasn't, wasn't enough. So she fought for that. Also, she fought for Black Lives Matter, which is fabulous and the LGBTQ communities. So extensive resume, a lock in the Hall of Fame for sure. But let's play her retirement speech and we'll explain more of that on the other side. I want to say thank you to Flacco for allowing me to do this in this way and provide this um, kind of space. Um, you've been very special to me in my whole career. Well, at least since I've known you. I guess the back half of my career has been pretty long. Um, and it's really special to be able to do this with you and have you here with me. Um, it's with a really deep sense of peace and gratitude and excitement that I want to share with you guys. This is going to be my last season, um, my last World Cup and my last NWSL season. Um, obviously, there will be more to come further down down the road after hopefully we get done what we want to get done. But um, I just want to say thank you um, to everybody, to you guys, um, to Vlaco, to U.S. Soccer, to you know literally everyone that I've played with, um, all of my coaches, I could have just like never imagined um, where this beautiful game would have taken me. Um, I feel so honored to be able to have represented this country and this federation for so many years. Um, it's truly been the greatest thing that I've ever done. Um, something I'm so grateful for. And I feel like watching Sue go through her last year, I wanted to say it before. Um, it feels weird, A, to know and be settled and um, to sort of have to lie by omission about it. But um, I just want to be able to soak in every moment and, you know, share it with teammates and friends and family and, and share it with the, with the rest of the world and, I'm just really grateful to be able to do it in this way. I understand that it is incredibly rare for athletes of any stature to be able to go out in their own way, on their own terms, um, at the time that they want in a way that feels really peaceful and settled for them. So I feel very grateful that I'm, that I'm here and that I have the trust of this team and uh, that my body has held up this long to be able to do this. So just wanted to do it now and honestly kind of get it out of the way before we go down to New Zealand so we can focus on uh, the task at hand, which is winning another World Cup. So to be honest, I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, 
I mean, I think honestly, since since the you know final whistle in in Lyon, that's been sort of a question that I've been grappling with and um, struggling with a lot. Um, but I think over the the course of you know the back half of last year and in coming into this season, um, I've talked about it so much. I feel like I processed a lot with Sue and um, in just her decision to retire over the last couple years. Um, and I feel like as excited to play the rest of my career as I do to retire and to step away from this beautiful game. So again, I, I know that I'm I'm really lucky to be in this position that I get to have agency over the end of this really beautiful part of my life. And so in a way, I feel like um, it's a little bit of borrowed time and um, something I feel really grateful for and really excited about. And um, there's sort of no no distraction at hand because I know what it is to lose in a World Cup final, and I certainly don't want to do that again. So um, the best way that I could possibly go out is is winning. And so it feels really easy to focus and, and easy to put my all into it and easy to be really settled and um, excited for what's, you know, undoubtedly going to be the best World Cup that we've ever seen. Yeah, I really do. I, th- I think that it's something that our team takes a ton of pride in and something that we've been, um, have really made a point to talk about and to push and, you know, at, at the highest, at the very highest level, you obviously want, you know, the best players that you can possibly Get. You're not just trying to check boxes, but that comes with the youth system and from, you know, having out players and from having more black players and, you know, having players that have box braids that are blue and having players that have short hair and having, you know, a diversity in the team so that young kids can actually see that, you know. And so, speaking about her whole time retirement talk. And, um, you know, Again, we don't throw any <laughs> – we, we celebrate people's careers. And I'm celebrating her, her career, hope, and she'll go out as one of the greatest to ever do it. I can say Abby Wambach. I can say Mia Hamm. I can even say Brandy Chastain. She's going to be in, in that hall along with them. So, but my only fear – USA will, will win their group, but my only fear is Brazil. That Marta girl is crazy. She can do, <laughs> she can do a lot of, a lot of fabulous things on the field. Almost like, do, do y'all, do y'all know of Ronaldo in the past? Like Ronaldo, not Christian Ronaldo, but Ronaldo. There was a guy named Ronaldo who played for Brazil. I know my brothers know him because they, we watched him a lot. Marta reminds me of Ronaldo for Brazil. And Ronaldo disappeared when, when he was shining in the World Cup, he disappeared. So we, but that's my only fear for the USA when we get to the quarterfinals or semifinals that if Brazil's there, that's my only fear. That's my only fear. That's the only, only fear in this whole entire group. All right. So. I do you see I I like our chances in, in this thing. Um go USA. We we we're in this for the long haul. 
Um, I know there's going to be a stretch. We're going to try to watch every, I'm going to try to watch every game, if not every highlight. And I'll give you my, um, expertise as we go from here. All right, guys. Well, I gave you a little bit of my WNBA rant of the All-Star game. I want to give you more of that coming up next. And then I have four teams that we're going to talk about. We talked about the, the teams that when they need to do in the second half on our previous episode. Let's talk about the, the team, the middle of the pack teams that are trying to make the postseason, but need a little bit of help in the second half. Let's talk about that next. It's Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game.
your pistol. Let it know, girl. I see. Girl, you always trying to be my wifey. I'm eating that pussy like it's ice cream. Bet you ain't met a thing like me. Welcome back to Beyond the Gate Podcast right here on Fistball Radio. Again, my name is Jamie. Uh, so, thank you guys for coming back with me. So now, the All-Star game was played on the weekend. And let me tell you all something, man. I, I tried to keep it positive when I was watching it. I was trying not to fall asleep watching it. Because I woke up at 6 a.m. I went to go to CG. Came glad I there. I went to work. And then after 7 o'clock, the game came on. And I was like, man, these women are going through the, the motions. It's like rec ball. It's not supposed to be rec ball. And I'll tell you why in a second. And actually, somebody reached out to me on YouTube and asked me how I could fix it, how I can tell them to fix it. I want to reach out to them today and give you my expertise on that. But I'll tell you how I'm going to fix it. But let's start with the positive first. Las Vegas, fabulous location, a lot of distractions. It was a great location to to host an all-star game. Everyone had fun, had a laugh. It was great. Um, Sabrina Nescu had 20, she actually made 20 straight threes, something like that. Uh, let's play that clip of Sabrina Nescu, please.
22 at a big first round with 26. Wickham at 28. Gosh, it looks so easy. It does. Well, one of the things Sabrina's talked about shooting this year for the Liberty is she's never had this many open shots before in her career. Obviously, Brianna Stewart creates that gravity, and it's created a lot of practice for shots like that. She just cashed in on the entire money ball rack and the story ball. Sabrina Ionescu is putting up a monster final round. Wow! She cannot miss! Whoa! Sabrina Ionescu! My goodness! Ionescu on fire! This is ridiculous! Has this arena buzzing! Finally misses! She's already up to 31! In the corner! This is incredible! Sabrina Ionescu! You bet! The greatest performance we have ever seen in this contest, and it is not even close. It's set feet hop, set feet hop, like rather rinse repeat, and every single time it goes in. Incredible. Rebecca, it was amazing as she started to get on this run where she hit 10 in a row. All the other contestants started to creep up from their seats and come into the front court and gather around the racks to get a closer look at what Sabrina was doing. I mean, this was just incredible. You know when you're seeing greatness, they knew it and wanted to get a closer view. Incredible. She made 14 in a row at one point. We know that was a historic performance because the shooters in this gym were up on their feet. Not only your fellow contestants, but all of the players on the bench, the all-stars. Shooters like Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Alicia Clark. How impressive was that for you as you're in it and getting that rhythm? Well, I was just focused on making one at a time. I wasn't sure how many I'd miss, but I knew it wasn't a lot. So I'm happy to have one miss, and I'm thankful for the crowd. They were cheering me on the entire time. The consistency of your shot, it looked the same. It's smooth every time. How do you get that consistency? I practice. I practice a lot of these live reps, um, so I'm able to do it today. Skills winner last year, three-point shooter this year. How complete of a player is Sabrina Ionescu right now? Hopefully pretty complete. Um, obviously got a lot of work to do. I'm still trying to get better every single day, but I'm really blessed to be in this position. The best performance we've ever seen from a shooter in W history, Sabrina Ionescu. Thank you. So, you know, <laughs> that was the whole entire awesome game in this nutshell. Sabrina Ionescu, fabulous three-point shooter, shot 20-plus threes in a row. And um, we'll never find anything like that. So she had a great time this weekend. And also, uh, Brittany Griner came back. She had 18 points, 13 rebounds let's, in 26 minutes. Let's hear from Brittany Griner. This event last year didn't feel right, didn't seem right. Your team had your back. Every woman in this WNBA had your back. What do you know about how they supported you and fought for you? 
Uh, I mean, it meant everything to me. I didn't think that I would be here today, honestly. Um, but everybody, you know, sending letters, sending love, posting. I'm still seeing it to this day, everything that everybody did. It really meant a lot to me. It gave me hope. It made me not want to just, you know, give it up or anything. Um, so it, it was, it was this, it was this league that, uh, helped me out. We talked about the resilience that you have as a human, the spirit that you possess, but you bring so much joy. We feel it every time we get to see you. What do you hope fans know about who you are and the joy that you give? I just love being here. I love competing. I love, you know, just doing everything for the fans. They do everything for us. We wouldn't be here without them. So, um, I mean, I'm just honored to be on this court. Okay, there was some pressure to throw down a dunk, right? I feel like people wanted the dunk. How were you able to execute it in the game? You know, I called my knees. I talked to them. I gave them a little pep talk. But, uh, yeah, no, we got it up there, so I'm good. I'm mad no one else dunked. NECA, where you at? NECA didn't dunk. She was supposed to dunk. We had a whole, we had a whole thing. She was supposed to dunk. either I guess. All right. Well, thank you so much. Everybody give a round of applause. We are so happy you are home. All right. So um Brendan Griner was talking and um and I, yes. Glad she's back. Um the only thing I have to throw shade at Brendan Griner is the dunk. Okay. You barely got up there. Barely. Barely. But <laughs> nonetheless, she's back and all that stuff, but it was not it was not that great of a dunk actually. I'll give it about a six. I'm sorry. But nonetheless, I'm glad she's black uh, I'm glad she's back and she played well. Um I just wonder what's going to happen next year. Next year's in Phoenix. So hopefully we don't bring the same stories up from the past to Phoenix. I'm just saying, don't bring that up. And, you know, it makes arguments better. So Ryan Howard had to replace El Deladon because El Deladon hurt her ankle for the second straight time. And they added the four-pointer. But let me get to this Ryan Howard in a second. Ryan Howard should have never fought for that spot. Should have never actually replaced El Deladon. Ryan Howard was better than El Deladon. <laughs> better. Stat-wise. This was Ryan Howard's best. This is Ryan Howard's best season as a pro. And she's only in her second year. And she deserves that spot outright than El Deladon. I love El Deladon. But at the same time, Ryan Howard shouldn't have to be labeled as a replacement to, to get that spot. That's my idea. But let's, let's end the positive. Let's hear, let's hear from Drew Lloyd. She won the, let's play a clip from the one winning the MVP and her talking about it. Let's play the one winning her the MVP and the trophy got bigger this year. So let's play that clip with the trophy, please. Our 2023 AT&T All-Star Game goes to Gold Mamba, Jewel Lloyd with 31 points, an all-time record, six assists, four rebounds. Congratulations.
<laughs> now, if you watch video, the trophy got a little bit bigger than uh, than last year when Kelsey Plum won it, and they gave her a letter, little particip- participation trophy. But <laughs> the WNBA did its job. They got it. They felt embarrassed last year, so they gave Drew Lloyd the bigger trophy this time around. But let's hear from Drew Lloyd. He is commissioner. Uh, I want to say happy 40th anniversary to my parents. Um, yes. Um, yeah, they're my nephew and niece. They're up there, too. So they wanted me to shoot a lot of threes, and so that was uh, that's what I did. You have taken on such a big role for the Seattle Storm this year. You've lost some teammates, but you have stepped up to that leadership challenge. What are you proud of that you're doing right now? Investing in my teammates. Um, at the end of the day, everyone's human. They're all people. So I want to have more than just teammates after I'm done with basketball. I want to have some friends. You set a record tonight. How did you do that? Threes are more than twos. I think I told Sabrina that we're going to put a lot of threes up. But um, it's a special moment, honestly. It's just beautiful for the league, and I'm happy I was able to do it in front of my family. At the end of the game, your teammates had your back, though. They knew you needed another three. How did they get it for you? Listen, it was a lot of pressure, and they're trying to get me open, and, and I got double teamed over here. Thank you very much. Um, but, you know, it's... I'm just trying to do what my team meets wanted me to do, and it, it, it went in, so I'll take it. You continue to take steps in this league and show that you are one of the best players in the world. How have you improved this season, and what are you proud of as you walk off this court tonight as the MVP? Honestly, um, it's special because the last time I saw Kobe was here, and so I know that um, he's uh, constantly with me, and uh, I try to live by his words of be epic and be forever. The gold Mamba. Okay, so... Drew Lloyd won the MVP. That's positive. Congratulations to her. Uh, nothing more. Nothing more she could have done. She could have could have done for this season for Seattle Storm. Unfortunately, they're out of it this season. But it is what it is. So now let, let me get to my negative stuff. It was short weekend. Players going half ass on the playing field. Okay, we got Haley Van Lift, Dre Kelly. Cameron Brink were there in person to see all that nonsense. And then this could be the norm. Then you got legends that that made the game. Trisha Pantero, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoos, Candace Parker, uh, Yolanda Griffith, Sylvia Fowles, Sue Bird, Lauren Jackson, Cynthia Cooper. May I say more? I got more. Kalani, the singer, she got a short halftime. She sang one song, and that was it. When you go to these all-star events, everybody's singing like at least two to three songs. And it's like 15 minutes tops. She only got five. What a disappointment. It's not Kalani's fault. It was the WNBA and their nonsense. Uh the all-star challenges were hour long. Like I said, they were hour long. And I complained about that in, in the last segment. It was a short break. So the NBA wanted seven days. They got seven days. Because the NBA went back to the format of five days. WNBA is going five-day format, which these players get about, like, two days. So <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just crap. But this whole entire thing... It's ridiculous. It's stupid. 
We're actually players and all of a sudden go half-ass. I was very disappointed in the effort on Saturday. I didn't laugh. I didn't, I, I, I tried not to fall asleep. But at the same time, this guy be, they gotta play for something. They gotta play for something to make, we will never see this matchup again. We will never see Drew Lloyd versus Sabrina and Nesky. We will never see AJ versus Aliyah. We will see it in the regular season, but we won't see it in an all-star game. We gotta play for incentives. Play for donations. Play for something. This half-ass effort recorrection ball, it ain't gonna cut it. This is bullshit. How can y'all, uh, under, how can y'all say, say that oh, we don't want to get hurt? Everybody gets hurt, whether you, whether you're, you're, you're not playing sports or not. Everybody gets hurt. And y'all play, and y'all play for nothing. You, you got the three best college players sitting right there. They're coming to the WNBA next season. And they're, and they're expecting that. You got a girl that, uh, and Haley Van, Van Liv going a thousand miles per hour on the court. Yes. A thousand miles per hour on the court. And you're asking, you're going to tell her to slow down. You can't tell that girl to slow down. Cameron Rick doesn't say anything. She's physical down low. And I don't, I don't know Drake Kelly as much, but, <laughs> but, what did all three of those ladies learn? You're asking them to drive or travel wherever they were, were are, are, where they were at to go to Las Vegas for the freaking all-star game. And you learned nothing. Now we're at, and then we're telling players to play, play for, uh, for play, play for, just to play. It's wreck ball over there, guys. These are professional athletes. We're not scrubs. They're not scrubs, like the ones I play against in, in at Twenty Five Fitness and LA Fitness or whatever your gym you go to. We're talking about professional athletes playing an All Star game, getting voted by us to play. To make a difference. To play for incentives. To play for donations. You missed the mark, WNBA. You said we're trying to grow our brand. I just gave you nine players. Was it nine players or ten? I think it was nine. I gave you all nine players who grew the game before y'all. Before this, before this generation. And they all started in the 2000s. All of them. And they grew the game. Now in 2023, we're saying that again with the new fresher players. That we're asking them to go half-assed in an all-star game. Now we ask football players to play flag football. And heck, they can't even do that! It was like the NBA. The NBA, we asked the NBA players to go half-assed. It was the worst thing I ever seen. I don't know what, where else I can go for an all-star game. The MLB can't give me nothing because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what type of pl- game they're playing in the all-star game. I don't know. Now, as a fan or a player, do you go there for the experience or do you go there to watch players give it half-ass? Is that what you want to teach 
the next set of players, and better yet, kids, that whatever you do, just go half-ass. Like, when you're at a job, just go half-ass. Maybe you'll get this next one. You're not, you, you had a chance to expand your brand. You had a chance. This weekend was, this past weekend was it. Everybody's going to the summer league and watching that. Everybody's tuning the WMA off to get prepared for football. Training camp does not start till next week. This is your chance. Soccer. Everybody, World Cup soccer. Everybody's getting ready for that. But even that is more entertaining than an all-star game. (laughs) And they can get it right. Y'all missed it. This was your weekend to grow your brand. I don't know how many new fans you got. You got the haters that are going to hate and going to throw salt on your on your on your league, they don't throw salt anywhere else. They'll probably throw salt on LeBron all the time, but they throw salt on the whole entire WNBA and Brittany Griner and all the other players that play in the WNBA. But you're not pleasing them. You're not pleasing me. You're ple- you, well. Actually, I watch the WNBA, so I, I I want to see players give it their all every single night, even the All Star game. We will never see. You never know what will happen next year. We will never see Drew Lloyd go against Serena, or uh, Drew Lloyd going against a or Aaliyah Boston going against Asia Wilson for the fourth. Well, actually, for the second time, we'll never see that matchup. But we got to watch in the regular season. Because we, we know nine times out of ten, y'all don't play the regular season, even those 40 games. Half of the NBA season is, that's half of the NBA season. The NBA season grew their brand over time. Why is it that 27 years in, we're still saying growth? This is why what I, what I was thinking about, uh, the other day, Candace Parker, does it, when she hangs it up, she's not going to work in the WNBA. When, what was it called? Uh, when all these other players try to hang it up, they're not going to work with the WNBA because they know what it is. They know. And now you ask the greatest player of all time to invest in your league. He's not going to do that because he's got kids and he's got a business. You're gonna find one random player that's going to do do his investments, his or her investments. Sue swing swing cash works in the New Orleans Pelicans front office. Why does she work it for the WNBA? Because the WNBA does not care about uh, the legends. Cynthia Cooper disappears. Cheryl Swoops had to had to somebody had to convince her to say, "Hey, we got the great product." And that's why she has a podcast now. Who else? Uh, that's what, yeah, like I said, Candace Parker works for TNT doing the men's side, doing the NBA games. I bet, I guarantee you she does not work for the WNBA. And I had trouble listening to the, uh, countdown crew was not only Adrian Carter, who was going to grow, 
Carolyn Peck, <laughs> greatest person of all coach ever. And then you got, um, LaChina Robinson. I had a hard time watching their, their pre and post because it was just, it was too much. And I didn't understand the overall concept of what they're talking about. Like they were just there to talk. Like they were, they weren't there to dissect the game. They were just there to talk. And I'm like, I don't like, you gotta dissect the game at some point. They, they tried to, but then again, it was boring for me because nobody gave a damn. Nobody cared. Brittany Griner barely dunked, but she played well. She barely dunked up there. She like, she had to get close to the rim and dunk. This is why it's beyond the game for a reason, because I go deeper beyond. Brittany Griner had to get close to the rim to dunk. Okay. It's a dunk, but it's not it it like when I dunk, I, I, my mid air is like at the mid in the paint and, and I make it. Her dunk was inside the layup line and she dunked. It's almost like shooting a layup. It's like shooting a layup almost. So she laid the ball in. She put the ball in. We can say that for sure. It wasn't hammerous. Let's just say she just put the ball in. Okay. Yeah. Her knee. Yeah. Your knees are going to talk to you. And they were talking to her. But that tells me that Brittany Griner has not conditioned yet. She's not conditioned yet. You got to remember something. She's still trying to get it together. That's why I question why is she an all-star? She plays well. But then again, it's like there's other more ladies that deserve an all-star bid that can make a dunk. Well, I don't know. I don't know about dunking, but... That can make an impact. Again, I'm not trying to disrespect Brendan Grant. She deserves to be there. But at the same time, somebody else could have got that spot. Ryan Howard shouldn't have to fight with L. Deladon to get that spot. Or wishing an injury on L. Deladon to get that spot. And it was short too. Like I said, like I said, nobody's going to watch an all-star game at 3 o'clock in the fuck freaking afternoon. <laughs> We're going to watch it at night. That's where the excitement goes. That's where you bring everybody. That's where you bring kids in. Kids are not going to watch this. They're not going to watch this in the afternoon. Because they got to go to school. They get tired during the day. It's ridiculous. But I do like the afternoon game. So so just, just so you know. Just so you know. I don't know if the NBA is going to invest in that. But I like the afternoon games. But the WNBA also, I guess, got to do better next season. You got to play for something. Play for charity. Play for donations. Something. I don't want to hear anybody say growth ever again. I don't want to hear it. If I hear it, then I'm going to bring up all these names that I mentioned on the, on this thing to light so that people don't forget. Now, let's talk about these four teams that need a second half adjustment. Let's start with number one, Dallas Wings. My team, 11 and 9, Enrique, 21 points a game right now. Satu, 17 points a game. She's my favorite for most improved. If she does not get the, if she does not get that award, Santu Sabali does not get that award. Not only I'll be upset, I'll be furious. I'll be furious at the WNBA for not giving her that award. She's a lot to get that award. But anyways. Uh, my second half expectation is defense. This team has been up and down. You don't know where they're gonna, where they're gonna go. 
Enrique needs to stop shooting. <laughs> she shoots the ball a lot, but she doesn't make majority of her shots. <laughs> she doesn't make majority of her shots. So I want her to develop some form of consistency. Mix it up. Mix it up inside and out. What else is that right here? Oh, that's it. Okay. She needs to shoot better. Play loose. Don't up. Don't be uptight. Play strong. Cut down the turnovers. Cut down the turnovers. That's the only thing I'll say. And uh, the coach needs to hold players responsible for this. So coaches need to hold players responsible. And that's what uh, Trey Mel ha- needs to do. Need to hold responsible. When you average 20 turnovers a game, well, actually, when you get more than 15 turnovers in a game, you can't be satisfied with a victory. That's a moral victory. I can't be satisfied with moral victories. I just won because our team fought. Okay? Now we get to the turnovers. Oh, I had 18, 19 turnovers. Okay, we need to get back to the basics. We need to communicate. All this is just communication, guys. That's what. It, that's why teams average more than 20 turnovers a game because we're not communicating. We don't know their skill set. So that's why I said bring the team together and make that happen. Number two, Atlanta Dream. 11-8, and eight, they won six straight. So no one's talking about the Atlanta Dream right now. No one's talking about them. Ryan Howard, again, averaging 19 points a game. Alicia Gray, 18 points a game. Uh, they were just going through the motions in the first half, which is why they started out poorly. But they finished strong. Won the last six games, and then nobody else is talking talking outside of them, uh, outside Atlanta. Nobody's giving any a little bit of consideration to uh, to um, Tamika Wright as the coach of the year, just a little bit. Even though her record does not show she should be the coach of the year, but she has changed some things. She's made some adjustments. I remember a game that got blown out in Washington. She was she wasn't coachable. It was Vicky Johnson, and the whole trajectory changed when she came back and beat Washington. They beat Washington. I think the uh, two nights later they beat Washington. So I watched that game, and I said she should be in consideration as being the coach of the year. Now, I like the fact that she puts pressure on players. She's one of the, my second favorite coach in the, in the WNBA outside of Becky Hammond. I just need that little bit of pressure on players so that players can, can feel that pressure and they want to compete for something, for a championship. Um, what else? Cheyenne Parker needs to get post-ups. She needs to get post-up touches because she last year she got a lot of it, and I hope that they, they go back to it in this second half of the season. They play against Minnesota tonight, so that's a tougher task than, than it is. Uh, bench play needs to step up. They got, they got a solidified bench. Uh, somebody needs to score at least 10 plus points on that bench. Not every single night, but one of the nights that they that the starters can't come through. Somebody needs to score off that bench. So let's go to number three, Chicago Sky. They have the A spot so far, hanging on to the A spot. The eight and twelve. 
Kelly Copper is averaging 17 points a game. Maria Maryberry is averaging 15 points a game. The first half was crazy because James Wade just up and quit. He just quit as a coach. Instead of just trying to, like, this, this would have been a good time to, to re- resign. You could have said, okay, let's resign. You could have just resigned from there. Okay. This is perfect timing, but don't resign like, uh, 15 games in. And then leaving on the assistant coach to bring everybody back up to date of what we're trying to fight for. So that was a cowardly mood on James Way part, but I wish him well. Uh, so in Reese Venisiri, he's one in three since James Way, James Way took over. Uh, the second half expectations is they're at Phoenix, Seattle, the Aces and Seattle. Those so, and Phoenix. So those three games. The last three games of the end, towards the end of the month are home games. The first two are away games. The first two are crucial. They're crucial to 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 the stretch because they gotta get some. They gotta get some winning going. You know they gotta. You know and and also great news. They got D Wade. So Dwayne Wade. I didn't play a clip of his. I didn't have. I forgot to get the clip for Angelo to play. To, of him explaining why he got the job, but I'm going to say this in my own sense. D Wade got the job because he, because he, not only is he from Chicago, he saw a vision. He saw a vision that I can, I can bring the right people in to make the Chicago sky relevant. And then all the, the staff has to do is sign the players that fit within their style. Maybe it immerse, I, I can't pronounce his name, but I'm going to call him Coach E. Maybe Coach E can bring in more. If he's not the coach, then a new coach will bring in his or her players to fit that style of play. You got to remember, Kalia Copper is the only player from that championship team. The only player that's on that team right now. You lost... Candace Parker, you definitely lost, uh, Allie quickly. She's taking a break for mental health reasons, which we, we, we wish her well. Courtney Van der Sloot is in New York. And then you got, uh, what's her name? Emma Missiman, who's, who was playing in Belgium right now. So it's a tough task. It's a tough that, you know, when you, when you ask a coach to come in midseason to take over a franchise. And to do it his way. So I do wish him well in that part. But but let me let me say this about D Way. D Way D Way said, I saw a vision, I want to fix it. I want to make Chicago relevant again. We can't have all this losing. Now you have an NBA a former NBA player to invest in a WNBA team. Remember, years ago they asked LeBron to, the LeBron to do that, and LeBron said, LeBron actually said he was thinking about it, but it ultimately went to no because of his kids. He was training. LeBron's not going to do it because he's training his kids to become great. Even if he asked him next year down the road, if his son were to go to the NBA, and I'm talking about LeBron, uh, Bronny Jr., then he will train his son to the ends of outs, to becoming an NBA player. 
and Bryce too. Bryce, I think he'll be preparing for college, but you know he'll be preparing. He'll be preparing for his senior season. So LeBron's got a tough task on his hands. He he devotes his offseason to his family time more than the WNBA franchise. It'll be nice. It'll be nice that he invests in the WNBA, but to his respect and his credit. Family time comes first in the in the regular season because he in the, in the off season because he doesn't get none of that in the regular season. So you're not going to ask LeBron to invest in a team. You're going to ask former NBA players, great NBA players like D Wade, took a risk. He took a risk of investing into the franchise to the point where they may they may they may may not be relevant again. So he's bringing the right people in to make this work. He wants to see another championship in Chicago. That's what it's basically saying. And now the staff's on the clock to make that happen. Or else he's out. Look at Jordan. Jordan couldn't do it in Charlotte. And he sold his stake. D-Way said, you know what? I'm taking a risk. I want to make them relevant again. I'm tired of losing. So... Overall, Chicago's defense needs to step up to, like I said, it starts tomorrow, it starts in the second half. You get the first two out of the way, you're gonna have a tough time against the Aces, but Seattle Phoenix is just easy money from there. And that's the end of the month, guys. Now I'm saying the last remaining games towards the end of July. Number four, the New York Liberty. They are 14 and four. This team, uh, Brittany, no, not really. Uh, Brianna Stewart is averaging 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, MVP candidate. Sabrina Nescu averaging 16 points a game and 6 rebounds, shooting 40%, 45% from 3. Um, they have a struggle keep, keep, they have a struggle keeping the lead in the first half of the season. But 14 and 4 is because they beat mediocre teams. They, they haven't beaten the Connecticut's and the Aces of the world. They struggled against them. But I I don't want to see, on me personally, I don't want, I, before the season, I never wanted to see the Aces and Liberty matchup because I felt like the Liberty weren't ready for the Aces. Now, things could change in the second half. Get a little healthier, take good shots, Make good plays, then everything works out. But you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Never in the world you're supposed to go in overtime with Indiana. Never in the world. You're not supposed to do that. Even before the All Star break, because you you're asking Sabrina Nescu to play 40 minutes and then take her butt to Las Vegas to shoot three, to win a three point contest, to participate in the All Star game. So she's going to have a day worth of rest. And that was yesterday. Well, actually, she has today to rest too. Yes, she has today and yesterday. Well, yesterday and today to rest. So, no way in hell that team should have gone to overtime was Indiana. But they did and they won. No, New York won the game. But in the second half, let me give you two players. Beyond Jay Lanny and Marion Johannes. They're dark horses. Was Jaquel Jones, Brianna Stewart, Sabrina Nescu. All three are having semi odd games. Brianna Lanny and, and 
Miranda Johannes, even I'll, I'll throw in a Courtney Vanna Sloop can beat you at any time, uh, any at any time of the night or the game, or actually the game itself. So those are dark horses, and defense needs to be worked on. You know that's what that's why they got Jaquan Jones for a reason. She can rebound the ball like crazy. She can play a little bit of defense. Uh, New York does not have enough depth in the front line. Stephanie Dolson's hurt. So hopefully she gets back healthy and New York can make, <clears throat> can make a deep run from this, from there. But again, you got to beat the, the bigger teams like the Aces, the Sun and not lose, not go into overtime with mediocre teams like Indiana, even though Indiana's on the rise. I can't, I can't say mediocre. Indiana's on the rise. So those are my second halves, guys. That was a lot. But we wish everybody well in the second half of the season. We'll watch a lot of it and we'll talk about more of it as we go. And now next week we have a guest. He'll be on at around one o'clock ish. He is, he does all Chicago sports. He has a podcast. Big Z is going to join us, aka Jose. I don't, I can't remember his last name, but he's going to join us next week at one o'clock. But at 12 o'clock, I want to bring up something before we leave to, uh, today because I have some Cowboys questions that, uh, that we need to answer that I'm going to answer for y'all. So let me bring up something real quick. Hold on. Let me, oh, so I posted on my group page. I said, that no, Dak said this, and I'm quoting Dak. I won't have ten interceptions this year. That's his expectations for this year. You see, when I throw my phone, ten interceptions, dude. You had eleven in five games. What are we talking about? You know what? I'm going to save that rant for next week. And I'm going to get somebody else's take on this because this is, this, this is just too much. What he said, he said that. So you're telling me you're not going to get to, you, 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 you're going to cut those interceptions in, in half. And, and, and it's going to be okay, right? You're not going to force the ball in there. You're going to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Okay. All right. I believe when I see it. Okay. Fine. But we'll talk about that more next week as we, as I deep dive into this Dak Noss and then the Cowboys, all that stuff. Got to figure out why Tony Parr did not get paid yesterday. But that, that's a question for next week and a bunch of other Cowboys questions we're going to talk about plus our guests and then our WNBA spotlight of the month. So on my terms. So we're going to do all that next week. Thank you guys for tuning in and watching to Beyond the Game podcast on Fistful Radio. And I'm getting in the process of uploading all the episodes in real time. So hopefully by the season, by the NFL season starts, everything will be on time for y'all to listen and enjoy. I appreciate you all so much. And shout out to my only listeners. <laughs> In Canada and Georgia. That's the country in Georgia. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I'll see y'all next week on Fishbowl Raiders Beyond the Game.
Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. 